So let me get this straight. You enjoy the lovemaking. Shh, shh. Yeah. Well, do you? Oh, yeah. Like strawberry pie. Okay, but you have a problem sharing a bed with me. I know it's not what the ladies like, but without some solid sack time, I'm a zombie. I don't know. Oh, come on, man. Meet me halfway. You're not easy, Kramer. I know. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello friends. Hello. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And this is a podcast where we get episodes of Seinfeld in random order and we talk about the secondary characters that are featured in it. And this week, Stephen, we're doing a very, like I mentioned last week, a very under, less talked about episode, The Money from Season 8, Episode 12. I know you're about to say underrated, but I wouldn't no, agree with you there. But just, no, uh, no, no, not yeah, underrated. Just, just unpopular. Unpopular, yeah. I mean, it was alright. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I can see why people... People don't talk about it too much. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. If you want to email us, you can at gmail.com and say hello on social media. All those details are in our show notes. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you want to support us, it would be awesome if you leave a rating or review. We really appreciate it. And finally, you can support us financially as well. That's right. Patreon for a couple of dollars a month. You do get bonus content. You get this episode earlier than everyone else. And uh, yeah, you can check out uh, season 11, the last four episodes before everyone else episode 6 to 10 everyone else is currently getting episodes 1 to 5 at the moment yes 1 to 6 oh, 1 to 6 yes, yes. my mistake yes, yes. <laughs> sorry just episodes 1, 2 and 5 yeah that's it <laughs> 1, 2 and 5 that's yeah. it 3 and 4 no 3, three and 4 is a choose your own adventure you just write your own episode yeah you just that's fill it. in the gap between 2 and 5 <laughs> that's it <laughs> we do have a PayPal as well and again those details are in the show notes and finally we do run the biggest Seinfeld community online it's called Seinfeldisms it's a Facebook group so check that out if you want to join the fun lots of cool stuff coming up mm. and speaking of Seinfeldisms every week we talk about uh, anything that's happened in our real life uh, that we can attribute to Seinfeld uh, anything happened to you this week yeah I have a Seinfeldism this week after a you know, two three week hiatus my friend my lovely fiance she has recently started doing like stretches to help with her uh, back and a few other things as well and uh, one of the exercises she does is very similar to Morty's she gets a rope and wraps it around the door handle and she pulls the rope that's <laughs> it's like a flexible like rubber rope looking thing And she's just started this. Yeah, recently. Perfect timing. (laughs) She doesn't do it for 25 minutes, though. It's more like five minutes. Yeah. But sometimes you hear the door handle go... Yeah, does she scare the neighbours? No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't do it on the neighbour's door, no. Yeah, I thought, I was like, oh my God, she started doing it like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, this relates to the money. Perfect. Perfect. I had to mention it. Yeah, of course. That's a great one. Nice. Yeah, perfect. I myself have a pretty stock standard at this point, Seinfeldism. Uh, Mention of Seinfeld on a podcast. Can't remember which one. Can't remember what the reference was, but just made that that old mental note of, yep, they mentioned Seinfeld. Yeah. That's a Seinfeldism. That's usually the safest thing to go to. You know, if you don't have a Seinfeldism, just go, which podcasts have I listened to? And you listen to shitloads of them. I do. A week. Yeah. So you're probably like, oh, there's a Seinfeld reference. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's pretty common. Yeah. Most of the time they're in pop culture podcasts, obviously, Seinfeld being part of pop culture. Of course. And growing up in the 90s. But uh, yeah, occasionally the references are obscure and unexpected. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of podcasts, not related to Seinfeld at all. I've just started listening to a series. If you're after something good, it's called, uh, I think it's called Hunting for Ghislaine. It's, it's a podcast. Ah. It's written and recorded entirely on his own by this British journalist or writer, I can't remember his name, but he's a really good host as well. And uh, he interviews tons of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's victims. Yeah. And he sort of, it's like a really deep dive into not only the history of Ghislaine Maxwell and her work with, well, not work, but her, 
association with Jeffrey Epstein, but basically how the FBI found her because you know she was on the run for a couple of years up until I think last year was yeah, it? Yeah, I think she's it? in jail at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. awaiting trial. So yeah. if you want something, it's 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 really good. It covers the whole history, like her upbringing, all the way until uh, you know the investigation and subsequent arrest. It's really really yeah. choice. So, so you can you can watch an episode of that and that'll get you all upset, and then you can just watch an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, to make you feel better, to balance out the emotions, to become, to, to get even, Stephen. Yes. Yeah, it is actually quite. I mean, obviously it's a sensitive topic. Everyone knows what Jeffrey Epstein did. We're not going to get into that here, and uh, what Ghislaine did as well alongside him. But it's more about sort of, I guess, her and maybe her motivations and the FBI investigation. So they obviously they touch on some pretty dark stuff, but it's not about that per se. So it's it's not as intense as some documentaries and stuff talking about that stuff. Oh, they, okay, they sort of yeah, they don't yeah. brush over it, but they just. You know, it, that's not the primary focus. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, more it's about, not like exploiting. The no, situation. no, no. It's more about her, her life. Yeah. And, you know, what, how she got into the life she did with Jeffrey and then the arrest. So it's a bit more slightly distanced from the horrible shit that happened with uh, her and Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, 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 really. I was just listening to an episode on the drive over. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, I want to make a mention of this because it's really, really good. Really impressed by it. So, yeah, check it out if you are looking for something to listen to. Sweet. All right. We'll check that out. Hunting for Ghislaine. Hunting for Ghislaine. And yeah. they finally got her. They finally did. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. All right. Seinfeld News. A couple of things to talk about this week. As you know, the entertainment industry all across the world is completely decimated by COVID-19. Um, New York City has been especially hit because it's not only one of the entertainment capitals of the world, but uh, early on in the pandemic, they got sort of the major slamming in America. And a bunch of celebrities have basically gotten together to start a campaign to, to rebuild, you know, the cultural and live entertainment of uh, New York City. Jerry Seinfeld's one of them. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. called uh, New York Forever or NY Forever. It launched uh, Thursday last week. So I think that's January 2021 or something like that. And it's, quote, calling on New Yorkers who want to turn this reckoning into a city defining triumph. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, there's a link for it in the show notes if you want to sort of get part of it, if you do happen to be in New York um, as a listener or if you do visit New York or if you just want to support it or get to know it from afar, mm. you can check that out. So, I mean, you know, that, that sentiment applies to everywhere. Melbourne, you know, is a cultural capital of Australia where we are. Of course. New York has been, you know, horribly affected. LA, like any any major cultural city has just been like horribly upended yeah so uh you know with the vaccine coming and things starting to hopefully settle down mm. hopefully towards the end of this year and into next those industries and all the workers and all the people that depend on those industries not only for entertainment but to pay yeah. their rent hopefully they can just all go back into work yeah i think yeah. things will look different for a little while you know mm -hmm. with social distancing and a lot more precautions and i think there are a lot of there's probably a lot of anxiety in the public uh -huh. you know just about being you know even if they're vaccinated and, and things aren't as crazy as they were last year i think there'll just be a lot of residual anxiety yeah yeah. and trepidation but uh yeah fingers crossed the second half of this year at least will be a lot better than we'll see yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see yeah. well, especially in melbourne where we are hopefully we don't get a, a slip out of hotel quarantine and uh we're yeah. back at home again yeah yeah uh, i mean if you've listened to our episodes for the last six months you know how the lockdown not only affected us personally but melbourne in general it was just i mean there's still this residual trauma that there I can is sense. Yeah, yeah you know a, a lot of people are still kind of trying to come to terms with it and get over it because we were in full lockdown for 15 or 14 14 weeks. Yeah, it was like 100 and something. 11 days. 111 days, days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was the lockdown, in case you weren't aware, was we could only go five kilometers from our home. We could only go out for one hour a day, and that was just for exercise mm. um, and just to go to the shops and get essentials. So it was pretty full on. That's pretty. We couldn't even see each other. So we actually recorded many of our episodes 
remotely. Yeah, for that yeah. whole period. I think yeah. for three and a half months we did remotely. Yeah. Uh, now that we're back in the studio, it's a lot better. Yeah, let's enjoy it. And hopefully, you know, our final episode will be on March 31st yep. this year. Hopefully there's no lockdown by then. Yeah, look, in, <laughs> look, there's a there's a vaccine coming in Australia, I think, late Feb at this point. Yeah, it got approved yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Australia's done relatively well. Even when outbreaks do occur, we, we get on top of them pretty quickly, mm. especially after the lockdown. I think we learned a lot as a country and as a state. Mm. So I'm pretty confident it will happen in person. Uh, but if it doesn't, we're still going to record it and release it on the date. Like nothing's going to oh, yeah. stop that. Nah, definitely. But uh, yeah, De- definitely. Well, very good. Good on Jerry, and hopefully that project uh, goes well. Yeah, yeah. I think with a bunch of big celebrities behind it, that'll get some traction and some attention, and uh, you know, meet its goals. The second bit of news, and this is in relation to the unfortunate passing of Larry King. Um, obviously, a legend in broadcasting and interviewing and journalism. Yeah. Um, in America, he has interviewed basically anyone and everyone you could think of. Mm-hmm. I think he was in in broadcast or entertainment in some form for about 62 or 64 years. Yeah, very long time. Yeah, yeah he yeah, unfortunately yeah. passed away from COVID-19. Um, yeah, he was being treated for COVID-19 in hospital. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he had other health complications. Yeah, too. he had a heart attack in 2019, I believe. Yeah. So he was in pretty fragile shape anyway. Yeah. And COVID-19, unfortunately, uh, you know, finished the job. Yes. So I've seen this interview before, actually. Another, um, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, he yeah. interviewed Jerry Seinfeld. In the 998, I think. I think yeah, it was just 90- before the finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jerry and him have a bit of banter. Some people interpreted it as like a bit of bad blood, mm. but you can tell by the interview, you know, Jerry's sort of teasing him. Larry King says, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like, you know, you've been cancelled. Yeah, you've yeah, been cancelled. And, and Jerry's, like, Jerry's, Jerry's like, yeah. you think I was cancelled? Like, we had the highest rating show on yeah, TV. Yeah, like, exactly. I haven't been cancelled. I quit. I quit. Yeah, you know, I like, wanted to finish after nine, nine seasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Jerry, you know, his voice goes up an octave like it does. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's, there's no anger. There's no there's no animosity. No, but that clip resurfaced. Yeah, that that resurfaced and Jerry had to clarify that no there wasn't any animosity it was basically a joke and that him and Larry respected each other you know all the way up until his passing last week so yeah, yeah. yeah check it out on YouTube just type in Larry <laughs> King Jerry Seinfeld it yeah. is a funny interview yeah aside from that little bit you know where they have a tiny bit of back and forth uh the interview itself is just really good anyway mm, it is yeah because um, yeah, Larry classic. King Larry King was a fantastic interviewer yeah so that's all the Seinfeld news for the week very good two Jerry Seinfeld references there for Seinfeld news which is good but anyway let's get on the money and when we come back after a really quick break let's talk about some secondary characters from that episode Hello folks, Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. The Money was from Season 8, Episode 12, first aired in the US on January 16, 1997, directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Peter Melman. In this episode, Jerry's parents sell the Cadillac that Jerry bought for them back in the episode, the Cadillac, to Jack Klumpus, played by Sandy Barron, for $6,000, and try to give the money to Jerry. Elaine has stock options at Peterman's and buys George coffee. George feels that she is sticking it! him. George tries to convince his parents to stay in Queens because he wants their money. They then decide to buy expensive things and move to Florida. Kramer's girlfriend Emily, played by Sarah Silverman, has the Jimmy legs and they sleep in the Costanza's apartment when they go to Florida. Jerry buys back the Cadillac from Clompus for $14,000. Clompus crashes it along Alligator Alley and Jerry has to sleep in the Cadillac because he's used up all of his money. He doesn't crash it, the Cadillac drove itself. It drove itself in a swamp. I was making a simple lane change (laughs) and it took off on me. Lucky the Crocs didn't eat me. Yeah. Clumpus crashes it, like I said. Uh, Elaine hires Morty Seinfeld, Barney Martin, because the Seinfelds are in town, because he thinks he needs to support Jerry because of uh, 
lack of money. Peterman, John O'Hurley, returns and dismisses Elaine from her position with no stock options. This, this is his return from Burma, because in the Foundation, the season 8 premiere, he goes uh, into exile in Burma. Yep. Yeah, because <laughs> he has like a mental breakdown. The Seinfelds sell their condo and attach a camper to their catalog in, Cadillac rather in the post-credit scene. And uh, usually I do mention other secondary characters, but they're all the secondary characters. I've mentioned everyone in the plot. Yeah, and all the secondary characters in this episode, bar Emily, who's uh, Kramer's episode girlfriend. And Aunt Baby, Cousin and Aunt Penny, Baby. some unseen characters. Uh, yeah, a couple of unseen characters who we haven't talked about. We will touch on them and speculate a bit maybe on why they passed away so young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but all the all the major secondaries are the parents, which we've done their own episode on way back, way back, yeah. way back, like nearly four years ago. Yeah. So go and check that out. And we've touched on them several times in all the episodes they've appeared in. And we'll talk about them in the context of this episode as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Bit of trivia about the episode. I told you just before we came back from break off air, Steve, that uh, very interesting uh, what happened to Sandy Barron, the actor who played Jack Clompus. So he went missing during rehearsal for the episode and after he arrived at the studios he became very ill while still in his car and he was eventually discovered by the show's production coordinator and uh, he got medical treatment and um, most of the scenes were for the episode were filmed in December of 1996 because they said to Sandy look we can get someone else or we can write out the Cadillac subplot and put something else in but Sandy he insisted he's like no I'm good I'll record it and um, yeah, in January 97, they filmed his scenes. Yeah, the consummate professional. The consummate, yeah, yeah. And he was suffering from emphysema. And unfortunately, uh, that was the cause of his death four years later in 2001. Yeah. And like you said, in this scene, uh, sorry, uh, in this episode, you can tell that he's not as lively. No, I mean, he's, he's not, still, he's yeah. not, he's not flat. He's still, he's still clompus yeah but yeah, yeah. there's just something missing there yeah he just he looks a bit more looks a bit more sickly yeah yeah he does whereas like compared to say the pen yep. where he's more lively and you know yep. yeah, out there yeah in this one he's a bit more subdued but yeah. he does still have those clompusisms yeah he's just not as i don't know it's just it's just toned down a tiny bit it is yeah so uh, yeah that was uh, i thought that was really interesting about sandy so he was definitely the consummate professional for sure and i mean yeah. he was in a coma yeah it's, it's not like he just got sick and had a couple of no. days off from the cold i or forgot something. to mention that so yeah, yeah he like was he, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know what caused his coma but the fact that he just woke up from a coma and he's like no nope, let's do it let's, let's do film. it yeah, yeah wow you gotta you gotta admire the dedication oh absolutely yeah and and he did really well in the episode too yeah considering yeah this uh episode actually was the most watched episode of the season yeah 37.3 million viewers yeah that's right yeah. so interestingly though because it is like we said at the top at the top of the episode it is one of the like least popular episodes not just of this season but overall yeah just the least talked about as well yeah, yeah it's not one way you know especially like i mentioned previously like for Seinfeldisms, our fa- um, Facebook group, you get quotes from like, say, The Contest, Soup Nazi, all those ones. Nothing from the money. Really. Not really. No, not you, often. You might get the odd Jimmy legs here and there. I, but I think the most quoted much. line from this episode is when Peterman goes, congratulations, Elaine, on a job done yeah you know that's that's probably it but mm-hmm. that's not really related to the episode it's just a, a line that happens to be in this episode yeah and it's not really part of the seinfeld zeitgeist no it's not like a no suit for you or no master of your domain or anything no no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh well. <laughs> maybe there was a something on before the show or something because you know a lot of like like say if it was after the super bowl you know an episode might have 20 or 30 or 40 percent more viewers just because people haven't switched off the super bowl and they're going to check out what's after I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe people just like money. Like, oh, money. Oh, money. Well, the money, money. Well, this yeah. is the money. So this is the money. Go. I it's, want the money. It's all about money. The, the money was the recurring theme in the episode. Give me the money. Give me the money. Exactly. Yep. Sarah Silverman was interviewed about this episode many years ago and her experience in it, and she revealed that Michael Richards would scream at her because she kept blowing her line. It was probably the wind, and that's the scene after Kramer, you know, sees the door handle get moved by Morty, and he thinks someone's breaking in, and it's the night after, and he's back at. Uh, 
him on his place. Yeah, he's trying to convince her to let him stay. Yeah. But she's gotten into the idea of uh, actually sleeping alone. Yeah, she likes it. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, Michael got really upset because she kept blowing the line. They kept having to do take after take after take. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he got really annoyed. I'm trying to think why that line would be hard to say. I mean, it's not, you know, sometimes you hear lines and you think, oh, that would be hard to say because it's technical or there's a lot of words or it's something. I don't know. But maybe it was one of those things like a mental trap, you know, when you just can't. Yeah. Like, it should be simple, but you just get caught in your it own. Just, it just gets in your head. Yeah. And then you think you about it. You psych yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Who knows? I didn't know about this about Del Boca Vista. It's not trivia related to this episode specifically because Del Boca Vista appears in many episodes. But uh, when you translate it, it uh, translates to of the seen mouth. Of the seen mouth. Yeah. That's uh, right. Have we talked about that before? Oh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably in the Cadillac when we did that one. True. Ages ago. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we brought it up before. Anytime. Yeah. So it's, it's basically yeah. nonsense Spanish used. It just I mean, sounds d- lovely. Though. Del Boca Vista, yeah. yeah I mean, it does it, sound it sounds, it sounds like a paradise. Yeah. 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 So where old people go to die. That's right. <laughs> Heaven's waiting room. Uh, any other trivia? No, that's it for me, buddy. Anyway, let's talk about some secondary characters. Let's start off with uh, secondary character Emily, Kramer's girlfriend. She's played by, like I mentioned, Emmy Award winning actor and comedian Sarah Silverman. She's hosted the weekly topical series I Love You America. And she's also had her own sitcom in the 2000s called The Sarah Silverman Program. She's also appeared in other TV shows, including Bob's Burgers, Master of Sex and Monk, where she was nominated for a Guest Actor nomination at the Emmys. And she's also an alumni from Saturday Night Live. For film, she's been in There's Something About Mary, Wreck-It Ralph, and School of Rock, among many others. Yeah, I really like Sarah Silverman. Yeah, she's, yeah, great, she's different. She's a great comedian. Yeah, she's very different. Yeah, um, yeah so I guess with Emily, the, <laughs> the only times we really see her in this episode is if she's either in a bedroom or in bed. We don't yeah, really see her anywhere else. That's true. So we, we barely, she actually doesn't, she's probably one of the only characters on the show who doesn't actually move. There's no like kinetic movement from her at all. That's true, actually. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. She just like stands there or lies there. She obviously likes bed. Yeah. Maybe she's a um I don't know. She's what do you do in the bedroom? You sleep, you have sex. That's it. I don't know. And I mean you, that's all she does do in this a bit episode. Of eating, watch do TV. a bit of eating. Yeah. Yeah. She obviously really likes her bedroom. Yeah, she probably I don't know. Well I yeah. I I mean we can't really say what she does or anything like that. And and it's not and unlike other episode girlfriends or boyfriends, there's no conflict which ends up with them breaking up. I mean, Kramer's still with Emily at the end of the episode, even though yeah. they're in separate beds at the Costanza's place. Yeah, look, there's there's no real yeah major conflict that leads them to break up, but there is a tiny bit of tension when she's a bit upset at the start when Kramer basically kicks her out. Mm. And also there is that tiny bit of bickering at the end. They're trying to, you know show that they're just like a married old couple now yeah, which is like oh yeah. remember this friday we're going to the whoever's and kramer's like what you know and they but they get over it it's a quick bit of tension yeah that's is. resolved yeah yeah i was trying to think why she changed her mind initially she's a bit upset and a bit almost confused by kramer saying you know i need to sleep alone you need to go uh, obviously she takes that a bit personally because she wants to be affectionate after they've had sex she obviously really likes kramer she enjoys sex oh, with him she, yeah very much you know because the scene it's a cold opening of them just post-coitus and she's got that sort of, you know, that glow, that post-sex glow <laughs> on her face. You know, she's she's like relaxed and smiling. And, and Kramer's like, that was pretty She good. has a hue. Yeah, she does. She has <laughs> a, a pinkish hue. She has a very pinkish, almost reddish hue. Yeah, reddish. <laughs> A flushed hue. A flushed hue. If you get my drift. Oh, yeah. I was thinking maybe she, maybe her last couple of relationships were really bad. Okay. Or something like that because... You know, she's found Kramer, who's maybe a bit more decent, and Kramer kicking her out of bed. Even though it's not like Kramer doesn't want to be with her, it's just that he needs sleep. Yeah. And and a, a person in his bed, you know, is bothersome to him. It's not that he doesn't like her, it's just that he likes to be alone. It could be anywhere. But for her, that's, rather than seeing the practicalities of it, 
it, it's taken personally. So I think yeah. maybe she is seeking maybe a bit more affection yeah. than, than normal. Good you know, point. Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe. I had something similar. Like I, I feel like she's probably lacks or she probably hasn't experienced much intimacy yeah. with other guys. Yeah. So, you know, she's probably had the thing where guys have like, so to speak, had sex with her and left her. Yeah. In Australia, know. we call it the root and boot. The root and boot. <laughs> root and boot. Yeah. yeah the, root, root is Australian. The, 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 uh, fuck, a lot of, the fuck them and leave them. Yeah. If you want, whatever you, yeah. whatever you. Love them and leave them. Love them and leave them. Yeah. yeah. Pump and dump. I don't know. Pump whatever. Whatever you. You, what whole, do you call it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that what, is that, what that means? Pump and dump? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was something else. But yeah, no, I, I feel like she probably, you know, with her, you're right. With, uh, with previous relationships, she probably didn't really have that intimacy, you know, the cuddling after sex, you know, the, yeah. the, the close contact, the physical touching and stuff. And uh, maybe she kind of seeks it. Yeah. And then she thinks Kramer's like a really cool guy and she, he's probably a dude that will want to do it. And uh, yeah. he leaves too and she feels shattered. Yeah. And, and not to suggest that she's like clingy or, you know, that seeking affection after sex is unreasonable. It's perfectly reasonable. It's it's a very nice time to be affectionate. Oh, yeah. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm engaged, man. Come on. That's fine. <laughs> no, just the way you said you're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Barry White over here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ivan's gone. We've got Barry White. Now. We got uh, Larry White. <laughs> my name's Barry White. <laughs> I think I know my own name. Yeah, it says he Larry White. I think I know my own name. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, so, but yeah, I just think she's seeking something that she lacked maybe in her previous relationships or any relationships up until this point. Because, you know, the idea is that maybe she's 28 or 30. She looks a bit younger than Kramer. Yeah, you know, I think Kramer- Sa- yeah, Sarah Silverman in real life, I looked at uh, her date of birth. She's turned 50 in December. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, she's probably she's probably early twenties, maybe. Yeah. So this episode aired in what, 97. 97. So that's so she would have been twenty seven. Oh, 27, Yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight. Oh, yeah, twenty. Sorry, yes, yes, late twenties. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, and I mean, up until that point, uh, well, I think most people up until that point have experienced some substantial relationship, and uh, yeah, maybe she just. If she was in a long-term relationship all throughout her 20s and mm. had no affection or she just met the wrong guys who couldn't satisfy that affectionate need, don't know. But uh, she comes to like it herself. You know, she obviously gets over that because she accepts Kramer's request and she sleeps alone and then she basically boots Kramer from, yeah. from her bed. So she realizes that, you know, she actually likes it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she's just like perpetually underslept. And then, you know, when she gets to sleep alone. Yeah. She realizes that wow, I I have much better sleep if I'm alone. Yeah, okay. Still, so so she she doesn't get enough hours. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe she works a job that's stressed, or maybe she's just a bad sleeper. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Well, she's got the Jimmy legs. Maybe that like wakes her up or something. Yeah. You know, maybe it keeps her in like a you know semi awake state. Don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Think. I'm just thinking. The fact that she has never slept alone and doesn't see the benefit kind of contradicts our first theory of that she never got affection after yeah, sex. Yeah. Because that kind of implies that she was used to having someone in her bed because she mm. never got to experience what it was like to sleep alone. Yeah, it was a bit contradicting. Yeah. But, uh, well, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Well, no, I think you can find something that, find an idea that, that accommodates those two things. Maybe she was with someone or with several people, but, you know, they slept in the same bed, but there was zero affection. So she still wants the affection, but she's still used to having someone sleeping in a bed, but it was just have sex for sleep you know what i mean yeah gotcha yeah so i don't know that's the only thing i could think of that sort of accommodates those two ideas <laughs> yeah without being contradictory well again like i said she's probably one of the only characters on the show who doesn't actually move at all so. yeah that's true <laughs> she's always in one position well so. she does move she sort of slaps all over kramer and stuff oh and it, you know, yeah yeah she I flops mean, like, all over kramer i mean like up she doesn't walk walking. yeah she doesn't walk or crawl. yeah she's not upright no she's not she's always in bed so yeah, yeah again really hard to tell but uh yeah yeah i, I mean okay yeah so i guess she 
probably, yeah. She, if she was with someone, she was always with them in bed. Yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. always used to having someone in bed, but there was zero affection. So that's why she's a bit bothered by Kramer's. Yeah. So maybe, maybe with her relationship, she just wanted sex. Yep. But nothing else, you know, and she didn't want to go out to dinner or go to yeah. a movie with them. She didn't want any kind of boy. She wanted to be like a girlfriend. Yep. Maybe she just wanted to be like a fuck buddy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Yeah. So nice. they're always in bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So she's used to having someone in her bed, but there's no emotional or affectionate aspect. No, it's just, either, it's all physical. Yeah. Either by the person that she was with neglecting her or that need or her just changing her desires when she met Kramer. You know, she she felt something more for Kramer. So yeah, she yeah. wants something a bit more emotional. Of course, Kramer, of course, as we always mention, has the Kavorka. Yeah. So he has something that other men don't. Yeah. And I mean, Kramer's Kavorka is like the sex appeal, but he, yeah. does have, he does have something else as well. He's a bit more emotionally intelligent than the core four or the, oh, other, yeah. the other core four. And more empathetic as well yeah yeah he, he, he has more human traits i think so <laughs> slightly more yeah. i mean not completely but you know enough. Yeah. humanoid traits <laughs> <laughs> humanoid yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all I really had on Emily. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot to work on. Yeah, not a lot to work on. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Silverman did all right. Yeah. Yeah, it was she good. Was, she did pretty well for what she worked with. I mean, it, yeah. Michael Richards might have uh, disagreed with us there. Mm. She obviously and, didn't do too well. but uh. And this episode is actually her fourth credit on her uh, TV and film career. Oh. So she was previously, I think, in three or four episodes of Star Trek Voyager, I think IMDb said. Okay. She played a character on that, and then she was in Seinfeld. Oh. So, yeah, it's very early stages of her, uh, or at least her on-screen career. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. So Was she in comedy at this stage? Oh, I'm guessing probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But not really much on, on celluloid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. No, there you go. Yeah, very early, early Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Aunt Baby. Yeah, I mean, like we mentioned, most of the secondary characters today are ones we've already talked about. But uh, yeah, Emily is really the only one on screen. But there are a couple of mentions of some relatives of Estelle and Franks who uh, didn't survive. The most prominent one is Aunt Baby. So she's an unseen character. We might have talked about her in the unseen characters What's the Deal With episode we did. We might have mentioned her. Maybe mentioned her. You know, she died at seven and then Estelle asked Frank how old would she mount baby be if she was still alive and Frank said she'd never make it. I think she probably would have had like one of those old-timey eradicated diseases like polio or something. You know, that's my guess because I read a bit about polio and apparently for um, when it was more widespread in like the early 1900s, you know, mid 1900s, like 1950s, 40s and stuff, lots of children, like many children would become like disabled mm. from the disease. You know, they had to wear like the leg braces and yeah. stuff and eventually they lots a uh, percentage of that those kids would die mm. as well. So I feel like it might have been, she might have caught contracted polio okay. at a very young age and then became well, that, a disabled. that fits with the timeline and also, the, yeah, the fact that she was a kid because, like you said, polio did affect, I mean, it killed a lot of people, it, but it, it, did it, have a, it, it did have a high mortality rate for kids and, and babies. In the early to mid-1900s, polio was actually epidemic yep. in Europe and the US. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, polio has been around for thousands of years, like yeah. Egypt and stuff. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it was really, like, widespread. Yeah. But now it's it's been eradicated, I think, for, like, what, 40 years? Something, something. like that. Yeah. I think it still exists, but it's so small that it's inconsequential. Exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, Frank seems very traumatized by it. Yeah. He's very evasive when it comes to George's questions. I mean, he's not a very emotionally expressive person anyway. And, you know, people of his generation tend to be a bit more closed off, even to their family, about tragic things like this. Because Aunt Baby is uh, Frank's sister. Yeah. Because they talk about his side of the family. Yeah. And then Cousin Henny is on Estelle's side. Yeah. Because, you know, Estelle says, oh, your family have bad genes and stuff. Yeah. And then then you think that, that Frank and Estelle will come together and 
and say, yeah, you look like my family has the bad genes. But he fights back. He yeah. says, what about your side of the family? Yeah. What about Aunt Henny? And what yeah, about Cousin Henny? That's what defines their relationship. Exactly. Conflict. You don't talk about Henny like that. Yeah. 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 And then they start getting into an argument and George is like, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, George actually is he's like, oh, okay. Oh, he, kinda, he looks a bit like, <laughs> he's like, oh, this might have some potential. Yeah, it does. But yeah, I guess Aunt Baby is Frank's sister yeah i would i would say that yeah there you go yeah and you know i mean losing anyone that you love is hard but losing a sister or a sibling is especially that age yeah seven yeah Yeah. you know and that was probably the first loss for frank um you know that might be why he's a bit of a harder more abrasive person oh maybe maybe that that changed him maybe that trauma and also in career he went to korea as well so all that all those combinations of things he might suffer from ptsd yeah you know from all those things which resonates and makes him angrier yeah it it contributes to a quick temper yeah it does yeah i mean i don't really have anything more that's it and yeah she wouldn't be around today because she wouldn't like frank says she would never have made it she She would have been so sickly yeah polio or any other kind of smallpox one of those kind of old-timey diseases yep and then yeah it would never have survived (laughs) Complete side note, but it, it is. I did get frustrated when Frank didn't answer Estelle's question because Estelle didn't say, you know, something about if she were alive. Like, all she's basically saying is do some maths. Yeah. And it's like, no, she wouldn't have made it. No, she wouldn't have made it. And she's like, I'm not asking whether she would have made it. I'm just asking how old would she be well, if she was yeah. alive. I think from what you were saying about Frank being traumatized from the death, he's probably too, he doesn't too distraught, do too distraught at the thought of baby, you know, dying. Yep. He just doesn't want to revisit it. Yeah. That's probably what it is. True. So she, he'd rather just deflect and say, I'd, she'd never make it. Yep. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I love, I love his when uh, when he's explaining what what killed her. He's like, oh, something internal, internal, <laughs> like, so, internal problems, internal problems. It's so. <laughs> and then vague. they mention another relative. Yeah. And then he goes once again, internal problems. <laughs> internal, like, of course, <laughs> like <laughs> internal problems. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't think of any other cause of death that isn't from an internal problem. Oh, it could be an accident or something. But that still causes internal damage. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, like, I get you. But <laughs> it's just so so vague. Yeah. Right. <laughs> internal, like internal problems. problems. Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just lost life. Yeah, Simple. yeah, yeah. What cause of death? Death. death. <laughs> cause of death? Dying. Dying. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that were the first once-off secondary characters in this episode. Again, not many, but I guess we can talk about the Costanzas in the context of the episode just very briefly. Yeah. We talked about Frank last week in the glasses regarding his Italian heritage. Uh, one thing that we I don't think we really talked about in the Seinfeld parents episode way back when we talked about uh, the fact that they're sitting on a large pot of money. Yeah. And they never spent it. And George, it's. It's actually George that instigates it and they talk and talks about them, you know, dying in the future and stuff. And then they realize they might as well blow all the money. Yeah. So they're probably thinking they've lived like a pretty average existence for the last 60 odd years. You know, they just worked, paid the bills. Yep. You know, got married, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And they've probably thought, no, we've never actually gone anywhere. We haven't lived and we don't have long left. So George is kind of lit a spark lit a, lit a fire yeah it's almost it's a spark it's like they've created a bit of self-awareness that hey money it's good to be frugal it's good to save for the future nothing wrong with that but it's also okay to have a bit of joy in your life yeah of and i think it's fair to say that frank and estelle live a pretty joyless life they're oh, pretty yeah. joyless people yes so yeah maybe the talk of death and and you know them like you said realizing that their lives were well into the second half shall we say made them realize oh hang on we've got a big chunk of money here we can have some joy we can enjoy this last part of our life hmm. you know yeah so it lit a spark and created a bit of self-awareness awareness of like we've had 60 years well maybe not 60 but most of our lives have been pretty miserable let's let's turn that around let's turn that around i you mean know? they go out to a fancy dinner they buy a, a condo in del boca vista he buys a pierre cut in tie yeah get a cadillac out the front cadillac, yep. Jeez. i want to know why uh estelle won't ride in a german car <laughs> 
I don't Maybe know. World War Two sentiment. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, Mercs. I think Mercs. I think Mercs were were made in like Nazi Germany, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. Well, I think they, every, they were used by the Nazis. I think Mercs. every company was yeah. com- German company was compelled to work with the Nazis. It's like, well, yeah, what are you no going to do? Resist them? Exactly. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I wasn't forced. It <laughs> no. was forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you, but it's probably the, that sentiment. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I won't ride in a, in German, a German car. car. It's just such a strange thing to avoid. But it's funny because in terms of like engineering, German cars are so are like the best. precision engineered. Yeah, you know, it's like. When you say German car, it's like German made. Like, oh wow, yeah, it's a, it's a stamp of approval. Yeah, even if you buy like a, a I don't know, like a, not a Toyota, but like say a Volkswagen or something. It's yeah. like German, obviously German car, but it's like oh Volkswagen, oh, yeah, German, German. Yeah, there is there is yeah. a an air of prestige, yeah. and, and quality around German cars. I mean, they're they're good cars. Yeah, even other like country cars, if they're built in Germany, like say Ford, some Fords I think used to be built in Germany. Like the Focus was built there, and I think a couple others may still be built there, or they might have moved somewhere. I don't know. But even back then, they were like, oh, German engineered Ford. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the Germans do pretty much everything they do very well. Everything so, is precision. It, yeah, yeah, makes sense. You makes know, sense. Done well, done properly. <laughs> That's right. So, no, yeah. no time wasting. No time for jokes. Yeah, but or, or smoke. Oh, yeah. Build the cars. But Estelle, obviously, it's not because of the engineering. It's uh, it's probably because of yeah, Hitler and all that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a fair bet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Estelle is Jewish. Yeah. So there's probably so. that as well. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. So. And, you know, you've got to support your local car, your country's your cars American as well. brands. Yeah, Cadillac. Yeah, well, unfortunately, in Australia, we don't have anything anymore. No. Holden's now moved. Well, <laughs> they Holden's, Holden's gone. Holden's gone. We used to have, like, in car manufacturers here, didn't we? Uh, we had Holden. Know. We had Toyota, we had Ford in Geelong. I think they're still around. Yeah, I, I don't think we have any native car brands left. No, though. no, we not that I can think of. Holden was the primarily Australian one. Yeah, I mean Ford's an American company, it but is, there yes. were there were Australian cars subsidiaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah. Ford cars exclusive to Australia. That's like right. the Falcon. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and the Taurus, I think. Oh Probably. no, that was American. Yeah, that was yeah. American. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> in other words, we don't have the opportunity to get Australian cars. No. Yeah, unless you want to buy something from like the seventies, like yeah. Monaro or something. Yeah, yeah. There's no new Australian cars. No, made. there's nothing. As of late 2018. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, cars just don't last in Australia because you've got to drive so bloody far just uh, to get somewhere. Uh-huh. No, no. So they all break down. They do. We can't afford this. <laughs> All right, let's talk a bit about, unless you had anything else about Frank and Estelle. No, not really. I mean, okay. they've, like I said, sitting on a pot of money, you know, George inadvertently made them realize that they don't have much time left. Otherwise, they're going to keep living a miserable existence. Yep. And uh, Kramer and, you know, those two have a chat off screen and they decide to move to Florida. Yep. That's it. One actually thing that I did want to mention, it just occurred to me, was that, you know, they're neurotic, uptight, weird people. But they seem a lot more relaxed about uh, other people doing things that they don't like George doing in their house, i.e. Kramer. Yeah, because, you know, it, because he's not family. Yeah. It's different psychologically. It's different psychologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to me is an insight into who they are of that. You know, they're uptight people, but only when it comes to like, you know, only when it comes to George. Their son, yeah. You know, they, they'll give George shit for doing something as a grown man. But if Kramer does it, man, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, You know, which, and I get that, like, as a parent, not that I, you know, my, my kid is young, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I can understand how it's thought about differently in your head, the yeah. same activity or the same situations. It's understandable. But um, yeah, to me, it's just an insight into who they are of that. They really, really fixate on what George does and doesn't do. Yeah. They're very controlling and... and manipulative because George. they're also compensating for george's well supposedly late brother who supposedly committed suicide that's true you know off, like it's implied yeah in an earlier episode so yep. you know and we kept i think we've said in the past we've talked about george's brother yeah and we've said that he was the more successful one he was like lloyd braun yeah in a way and then he he died yeah and george was like the loser yeah the loser kid yep. and so they're trying to compensate by making george to be like what the brother was but yeah. george doesn't have the fortitude to do it yeah, yeah. Or the character yeah or the character yeah. yeah so there you go so, yeah that's that's true actually yeah, yeah. 
didn't yeah. think that. Yeah. But anyway, that was just a theory about the brother. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk quickly about Morty and Helen. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So they make a surprise appearance. I don't remember them being in the episode before I watched it, but uh, there you go. They're here. But actually, it does make sense because Jerry's got to go back to Florida to buy the Cadillac. So yeah, because I knew that I knew that Jack Clompus and Jerry had like an agreement with money, like because like I said last week, I haven't watched the episode in probably years. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do remember that Jack Clompus was in it and Jerry owed him money or something, but I didn't realize it was from the Cadillac. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it was a surprise when I saw Morty and Helen. It's good. Yeah. No, I mean they're always welcome secondary characters in the yeah, episode. They are. Yeah. I I thought Morty was the best secondary in this episode. Yeah, just, I think so. Too. Just him going yeah. to work. You know. You know. I sold raincoats for forty years. Uh, I get up every morning at four a.m. I can be here by four twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to Signcast as I normally do, and uh, they made the point that the four twenty-five. You think that's a very specific time, but because he gets up at four a.m., which they mentioned, and the workout's twenty-five minutes. Those two together is four twenty-five. Yeah, that's but, why he says that time. But how would he do his exercise and then get to work? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't okay. Know. It's just it's they just symbolic. made they just yeah. made that association of four o'clock plus twenty-five minutes is four twenty-five. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it wouldn't work in reality. Yeah, unless he could teleport, which he can't. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that makes sense. It's just, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it just works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Morty and Helen. I mean, Helen, you know, realizes that Def Jam is taking over the comedy scene, so <laughs> she's probably like, oh, "There's not really much humor for observational humor." And I think it's around this time too, where especially we've talked about HBO in the past, where more daring television would come out. Like Oz came out around, I think, like a couple of years after this episode. Yeah. You know. TV would kind of push the boundaries more with kind of like dramas and even like well, we're two, we're two years away from The Sopranos. That's right. You know, and Oz, I think, started in 97. Nine, so, yeah, same year. Uh, yeah, same year around yeah. that time. But so. Oz, wasn't, Oz wasn't a massive breakthrough. No. Oz actually got more popular after it ended yeah. because of the, oh, wow, HBO do The Sopranos. What else have they done? Yeah. Oh, they've done Oz. You know, it grew in popularity after. And in tandem with the rise of hip-hop yep. around this time as well, like hip-hop by the end of the decade became more popular than rock. Yep. It was grunge, you know, grunge, rock was huge and like early mid 90s but then it kind of died down yep. in like the late 90s so hip-hop became like the big thing and you know things like Def Jam came out and then they became popular as well so I guess people were more after like more swearing more like edgy kind of content yeah whereas Jerry's observational humor was too family friendly yeah probably as seen by many people yep. so you know I'm guessing Morty and Helen probably watched like 60 minutes or something or watched one of those kind of yep. 2020 or one of those kind of current affairs shows and yep. they talked about the rise of hip-hop and Def Jam you know they were, they were this, watching it on Sunday night or something and they saw it and they're like oh boy yeah you know comedy of jerry's is kind of dying we should try and see if he can get a more stable career yeah the, the bloomingdale's uh executive, executive junior exec- yeah, junior executive program or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah that's right yeah i like how kramer offers his life advice he's and, like and he calls it bloomingdale bloomingdale, <laughs> yeah. bloomingdale. he's like maybe it's time to get that next wave <laughs> <laughs> looking for jerry seinfeld s-e-i-n-v no they never heard of him <laughs> <laughs> but isn't funny how he goes s-e-i-n-v and they're like f and he looks a bit confused like he's never known how to spell his name me of um when he thinks that elaine's name's bennett yeah it's like it's venice <laughs> venice you idiot <laughs> he's so dumb he's, yeah it's fun yeah 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 I, I think uh morty and helen have always thought that you know jerry's one bad gig away or one bad comedy set away from total failure yeah whereas or, or irrelevance yeah or yeah. irrelevance so i think in their heads they can't see a world where Jerry's comedy, there's room for Jerry's comedy and the rise of Def Jam. It's, well, Def Jam is getting bigger, so Jerry's style of comedy is now redundant. They're not aware of the world enough to realize that there's many, many, many different types of comedy and different types of fans. Uh, 
yeah, fans and 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 outlets. Yeah, and there's room for all of them. And, Jer- yeah, you know, yeah. one one is not a threat to the other. It's just a coincidence that both are popular. And like I said, I think they probably just watched like a Sunday night program yeah. or a documentary yeah. about it randomly, and then they you know they put them together and thought, yeah, oh, because no. they understand Jerry and his career through the frame of you know it's always on the edge of failure. Anything that they you know, if they thought that Jerry was successful, if they respected his choice and realized that, yes, he is, he does very well, they would go, oh, yeah, Def Jam's on the rise. That is not a threat to Jerry's career. Yeah. But because they think that anyway, they're predisposed to that. Anything is potentially a threat. So they, they latch onto it and they yeah. try and encourage him to make a different choice. Well, if Morty was still around during uh, season 11, Jerry, season yeah. 11, our bonus podcast, he'd probably say you're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 He'd finally be convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, it would take all that time. Yeah. But I mean, they'd probably, there'd probably still be an element of that, of like, you know, in season 11, which is our <laughs> fictional episode. Check it out on Patreon if uh, you are not aware of what we're talking about and on our normal feed now. Yeah, that's right. I think we've just released the second episode. Mm-hmm. I still think there would be a bit like, well, even though Jerry's a, a millionaire who lives in a mansion, uh, you know, he's still one bad Netflix special away from complete failure. Yeah, there'd always be something. Yeah, something. they'd always think that his career is, you know, one hair away from complete and utter disaster. One controversy yeah, away. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah I, last thing I wanted to say about Morty in this, just the fact that he, I think it shows that he is a caring father, even though him and Helen quite neurotic in their own way, you know, and their, their punishes towards Jerry, they really, really, really annoy him. The fact that Morty just goes, okay, well, it's time for me to go back to work because they think his you know, son's career is going down the toilet. Yeah. The fact that he's just willing to do that, to me, shows that he's a caring father. Yeah. Even yeah. though they give him a lot of shit yeah. and he drives them insane and is they're sort of in their own little weird world, mm. you know, they, they still love their son very, very much. Yeah. That he's willing to just give up retirement to go work just so that he can support his son. He yeah. doesn't need to. He cares about his son. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. Of course. Which I think is a nice little touch. Because Jerry's the golden boy. Yeah, he's the only boy. The only boy, that's yeah. right. So the final character we'll talk about in the context of the episode is Jack Klompus. Uh, you can find out more about him in our What's the Deal with Jack Klompus episode we did way back when. Anyway, Jack Klompus. So we did mention, uh, Steve, that Sandy Barron at this time, he was in the early stages of emphysema or you know mid-stages, I believe, of, of his health issues. And he did die eventually of emphysema in 2001. So Jack Klompus in this one he's more he's not as lively and healthy as he was in say like the pen and other episodes he's appeared in as well and you can really see it but uh, kudos to Sandy for after everything he went through kudos to him to uh, jump back on board and want to do the same yeah, it's a nice send off especially after being in a coma yeah yeah. yeah. This, I think this is the last time we see Klompus this is, is the last right? episode he's in yeah I think he's only in four episodes yeah pen the Cadillac, Cadillac and, and this, this one. one yeah and the Cadillacs are two parts. Yeah, so it's three. three there might be another four. one he might have been in. Maybe. But. Oh, what about the one where he has to send the raincoats? The raincoats. Oh, the raincoats. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Four. There four. you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the raincoats is a two-parter as well, so it's that, technically right. six, but four, <laughs> four storyline episodes. Four. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's in. He's in at least four. Yeah. 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 But this is his final appearance. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was even a bit more like he's he's you know he's a grumpy old bastard, but he was even more in this episode. Like he was almost scumbagish. Yeah, you know yeah, where he scumbag, doesn't. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, let's just say it. He was. He is a scumbag. In this he drove episode. the car through the Cadillac. Yeah, and he tr- he doesn't take any responsibility. The Cadillac just magically drove itself. It, yeah, you know, he it's your even... car. You clean it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like what. Yeah, I mean, it is technically Jerry's car at that point because I think he had paid him. At yeah, that point. that's right. He gave you know, him money, Klumpus but the condition was that Klumpus would take Doris out to Naples. Yeah, in the car. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Klompus has always been one to never take any responsibility no, for anything. He always passes the buck. He's really dodgy, especially yeah. with what happened in the Cadillac. Yep. You know, with the impeachment and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the raincoats, you know, he doesn't, he's not willing to pay for Morty's broken glass. That's right. I mean, it was nice of him to go to that length to send the raincoats up. But uh, when Morty's like, oh, hang on, you broke my window. And they, they got robbed. They did. And, yeah. and, and, and Jack is like, well, that's not my robbed fault. Robbed in Del Boca Vista. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. There's like no crime there. Yeah, but I think this is his scummiest. Like, he drives yeah. a car into like that's obviously horrible. He takes fourteen grand for himself. Yeah, and he doesn't take any responsibility. Yeah, you know, it's the car drove itself. And what's that's, what's that's weak. What, what's the biggest nail in the coffin is Jerry has no money, and he kind of subtly asks Jack if he can stay over the night. Yeah, and then Jack's like, no. Yeah. And it was the pen bit, wasn't it? Yeah. He's and like, he got he upset like because pen. he lost the pen. Yeah. yeah. It was a good like little um, jab. Yeah, when, I like when, when Jerry, Jerry was like, you know, that makes it almost worth almost it. Almost worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Losing and the he's, pen. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> loves it. Yeah, and Jack obviously still loves his pen as well. Oh, he yeah, still right. brings it up. He's like, I've still got the pen, Jerry. It still works. Yeah. It yeah. still works. And uh, he loses the pen. He does. And then we lose uh, Jack Klompus. Yeah, for the rest he of could the just series. get another pen. Those pens aren't that hard to get. Maybe in the mid-90s they were hard to get. We got two, but we won them in trivia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know where mine is. I still have the pen right here. Do you? Oh, it's it's in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got the pen. It's in with the other pens. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. I still use it. Yeah. Okay, mine's gone somewhere. I've moved houses three times. I think in the last yeah, few years. So yeah. it's uh yeah it's gone somewhere. But no, it's still there. It's still uh, a nice reminder of what we did in trivia. Hopefully, it, hopefully it's uh, at the bottom of a lake somewhere you know, with <laughs> a bunch of alligators. And oh yeah, with your yeah. yeah. In, in this case, crocodiles. Maybe when you went to Queensland, you had the space pen, and then mm. you dropped it in like a lake or something. Yeah, and true. The crocs ate it. It's true. A saltwater croc. Yeah, that actually <laughs> reminds me. I don't know if it was a goof or if it was just Jack Klompus being a bit mindless because he says, "I'm going through Alligator Alley," and there are no there are no crocodiles in in America. No, at there's not. Or in in, in the Florida, USA, at least. Yeah. But he's like, you know, the the crocs got me, or what, I can't remember what he says. But yeah, he says crocs. crocs. The crocs nearly got me, and it's like, hang on, you, they're, they're alligators. Maybe it was a line that sounded better off the tongue. Yeah. Like maybe he was like, maybe it was easier to say crocs. Yeah. It just flowed better. Yeah. Maybe the writers are like, yeah, crocs. crocs. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, I just noticed that. I'm like, hang on, crocs are not, yeah. there's no crocs in America. It, yeah. was, it was weird. They're both of the same family. They're both reptilian. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's not that much it's, uh, difference between them. It's it was probably just, just, it, was just it was just a little, yeah. I was just like, Compass is, uh, he's losing his mind. He is, yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely on the decline. Yeah. Yeah. In this one. That's all yeah. I had about uh, Jack. Any others? No, I think that's it, buddy. Anyway, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we will rank the episode based on the ones we have done so far. And we'll find out if any of today's newer secondary characters characters make our top 20 secondaries of all time. What took you so long? I live in New York. <laughs> what the hell happened? This thing is a is a behemoth. <laughs> what did you do? I was I was making a a simple lane change. I I put on the blinker and and it took off on me. And next thing you know, I was submerged. I'm telling you, Jerry, I'm very lucky that those crocs didn't get me. All right, buddy. Out of 160 episodes we have done, where does the money sit for you? Uh, it sits at around 120. 135 yeah. for me. Okay. Yeah. We did say at the top of the episode that we didn't feel like it was a tremendous episode, but uh, I guess we didn't elaborate. But yeah, for me, it's I guess there's not that many notable secondary characters, which is something we always look out for, given the context and the point of view of this podcast. But yeah, it just, just wasn't very funny. Yeah, um, it wasn't I, memorable either. No, I mean, the strongest parts to me were the parents and Clompers. Of course. You know, Kramer was okay in this episode. You know, all the, all the core four were fine, but they just weren't that funny. There just wasn't that much 
material for them to work with. Nothing really classic came out of it. And it just seemed like a bit of a hodgepodge in a way, just sort of mashing up a few different storylines. And they did kind of coalesce together at the end. You know, Elaine losing a job and then George being able to stick it back to her. Mm -hmm. One thing I thought they missed out on was George being so, you know, neurotic and such a tight ass. And him just thinking that Elaine's trying to stick it to him, which is not based on reality at all. Yeah. I think if they elaborated that on on that a bit, you know, fleshed out that storyline and mm. maybe took away some of the Cadillac or even the Kramer. Or and, even and, the whole and, Jay Peterman thing. Like, Jay yeah. Peterman just randomly rocking up again after yeah. his trauma. It's like, yeah. it's like okay. I cool. mean, that kind of fits in, you know, because now, now Elaine can't, can't pay have for, you know, and, and then yeah. George is able to stick it back to her. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, makes yeah. sense. And the, and the running theme, obviously, of the episode is money. Yeah. So, yeah, lack makes- of it or lots of it. Yeah. Whichever. That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. I just thought that that was a really interesting aspect to George's character, that Mm. he's not only a tight ass, but he also thinks that people with more money than him is insecure about his financial position. And he thinks that friends who he's known for years doing something nice and not even buying anything big. Yeah. Bag of coffee. What's that? 10, 20 bucks? And then George buys her like a huge gift. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? He not only pays for dinner. I think he pays for dinner, dinner too. Yeah, yeah. And he buys her like, I don't even know what he buys her. It looks like a big appliance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he takes out the Seinfelds and, and Jerry too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Because he needs to prove to people like, I am not poor. Yeah. You know, it's. And no one cares. Yeah. And I mean, that's. It's not like they haven't shown that part of George's character, but it's sort of. It's closely related to his stinginess, which they talk about and show a lot. I just think they could have you know, worked on that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would have been funny. Yeah. I mean, like I said, 135. Yeah. I I feel like the Costanzas and stuff were kind of shoehorn in. I feel like they probably didn't like, even though their their moments were good, I feel like they didn't really need to be in the episode. Peterman coming back was a bit jarring, you know, like, especially with previous episodes in season eight, we've seen his drama and like parodies of Apocalypse Now is like the Marlon Brando character in Burma or Myanmar. You'll always be Burma to me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and he's just, I don't know, he just randomly comes back like nothing happens. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. It seems a bit counterintuitive as well for Jay Peterman because he, everything about him is so, like, grand and epic. And yeah. Like, you know, it's such a big event to lean. And the fact that he just rolls in and goes, all right, you're out, I'm back in, see yeah. you later. Yeah. And carries on like nothing happens. It was a bit bit anticlimactic. A little bit. But we didn't really talk about Jay Peterman in the episode. No, we didn't really. No, I mean, he comes back from Burma. That's he it. is confused as to what, going on. what, uh, what Morty's there. Old man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then he finds him. That's it. He doesn't really make much of a splash. No. You know, no. he just sort of walks back in and things are back to normal. They just, it's almost like yeah. it didn't happen. He just like cancels the past mm-hmm. half the season and it's just back to normal. They just set him up for the remainder of the series. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So that's really all I had. Well, a special mention to Jack Klompus. You know, Sandy, considering what he went through, I think he did really well in the yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. I so mean, that's props to him. Yeah. That's that's uh, definitely noteworthy. I'm assuming none of the secondaries appear in your top 20. No. Yeah. No. Most of the secondaries in this episode are in already your- in our top. 20. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, Jack Lompus is tied number one with yeah. Alton Bennis. Frank Costanza is number two on my list. Yep. Yeah. And I think Frank Costanza, I don't have my list in front of me, but I think he is in my top 10. Yeah. Or at least top 20. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's it for this week's episode, The Money. Uh, next week, we're doing a, another two part. Our final two parter ever. The Bottle Deposit the from bottle Season deposit. 7. Yeah. Yeah. Classic episode. I love you, Norman. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> this is, I think, considered a classic. It's usually in the top yeah. 20 episodes on lists and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, them driving across to, down to Michigan is just, you know, one of the one of the more memorable and classic storylines. And we talked about the actor Rance Howard last week in The Glasses. He played the blind man. This yeah. week he's the farmer. Or next he's week the, he'll be the farmer. The farmer, yeah. There you go. So Rance Howard will be uh, make another appearance in within three weeks. Lots of rants. Lots of rants. Yes. Can't wait. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. Our email is bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. We're on all forms of social media, so check out those details in the show notes. Uh, you can listen to all of our previous episodes on your podcast app of choice. And if you want to rate us or review us, that would be really tremendous. And you can support us.
us financially too. Yes, with one-off donations to PayPal or those links. That that link rather is in the show notes. And you can also sign up to Patreon for $2 or so a month plus taxes. You get access to our Curb Your Enthusiasm episode review podcast, Curbcast. And you get access to our original series, Season 11, which are episodes that we write of Seinfeld with plots and everything set 20 years or so after the events of the finale with new and existing secondary characters as well as the core four that's that's right check all that out finally we do have a uh a facebook group called seinfeldisms it's a bigger seinfeld community online so check that out all sorts of awesome things coming up and uh yeah that's it until next week i'm steven i'm ivan and we'll see you next week for the bottle deposit yeah we better start collecting <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs>